the children come Don't dare drive them away And then the kingdom comes Hear the holy foolish things they say The springtime of their life decides The adults they'll become So let the children come Please let the children children's bible journey with stories and songs just for kids we have a dramatized bible story coming up but let's get today's program started by singing praises to our awesome god
singing in a few minutes. Now let's get back to our continuing Bible story from the Bible in Living Sound. The people of Israel had escaped their biggest danger now that the Egyptian army no longer existed and they were safe for the time being. But further trials and difficulties faced Moses and his people as they began to cross the wilderness. I'm afraid we're all thirsty, son. Sharon had the last of our water this morning. Let's hope we soon find some. But isn't there any water left? Not the least little drop? The sun beat down on the marching column as it trudged through the shadeless desert. Suddenly, shouts of excitement were heard from the head of the caravan, while those further back strained to hear what was happening. Water? They found water. I think I see it. Up there ahead. Water at last. Now I can have a drink. I think it's the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. Water! This water doesn't smell right to me. It smells awful. It smells like brackish water to me. Maybe it's no good for drinking. I'll taste it. It's bitter as gall. Bitter? You mean it's no good? Poison you if you drink it. Oh, oh, what shall we do? What shall we do? We can't go on any further. We'll die of thirst. I tell you, we'll die. I'm so thirsty, my mouth feels dry. Lord, Lord, thou knowest that thy children are thirsty. Yet the water which they have found is salt and unfit to drink. Help thou thy children. Be not downhearted, Moses. Take the branches of the trees that thou seest and cast them into the water. Why is Moses throwing tree branches into the water? I haven't the slightest idea. Now he's drinking the water. It must be all right then. Can we drink some, too? No, no, no. I'll try it first. I want to make sure the water's all right. It is sweet and fresh. Here, Sharon. Me bad. Drink all your fill. You too, dear. Oh, isn't it wonderful? A direct miracle of God. their faith and their strength renewed by the fresh water, the Israelites were soon ready to move on again. And towards evening they came to Elam, where there were twelve wells of water and threescore and ten palm trees. 
they encamped there by the waters. They rested at Elam for some weeks because Moses wanted them to be rested and strong for the next stage of their journey. When Moses felt that the people were rested sufficiently, he gave orders to resume the journey. Many days they traveled across that hot, dry wilderness, making camp at the most likely spots. This journey is so tiring, and it's getting worse all the time. Well, I wish, I almost wish that we'd never left Egypt. There's Moses over there, with a crowd around him. He's telling them something. Let's go closer and listen. Yes. Now become all of you, for I have already spoken with the Lord about our lack of food. And I have his answer. Answers aren't going to fill our stomachs. How little faith you have. But tonight, you shall have proof that our Lord looks after us and protects us. And that evening, a mass of quail flew by, and the Israelites caught them and ate their fill. And in the morning, the dew lay round about the camp. And when it had gone up in the heat of the morning sun, behold, upon the face of the wilderness lay small round things, as small as the hoarfrost on the ground. This is funny-looking stuff. I wonder what it is. I've never seen anything like it. Have you, Father? It must be the bread that the Lord promised us. My people, your attention, please. It's Moses. Last night you had your fill of meat, even as the Lord promised. And this manna on the ground is the bread which the Lord has given you to eat. Bread? Funny looking, isn't it? This is the thing which the Lord hath commanded. Every one of you gather up enough for his needs for today, according to the size of his family. Take no more than you need and leave none to keep till morning. But some of the people gathered more than they needed, and by the following morning the manna had spoiled and bred worms and stank, and Moses was angry with them for having disobeyed. Once again, some of you have disobeyed the Lord. He commanded you to gather only one day's supply. When you gathered more, it spoiled. So shall it be on all days except the Sabbath day. For five days you shall gather as much of it as you need for that day and no more. But on the sixth day you shall gather twice as much, and that manna shall not go bad. And you shall eat it on the Sabbath day, and on the Sabbath you shall do no work, and you shall rest in your place. For God so rested himself when he created the world.
Okay, okay, everyone. Settle down. Let's settle down now. The first meeting of the New Kids Bible Club is now in session. Glad to see you guys here this evening, and I'm looking forward to exploring God's Word with you. Is there food? What did you say, Henry? Is there food? You know, stuff to eat. Someone told me there'd be food. Well, we'll have lots of the bread of life from the Bible. I'd rather have pizza. Actually, you bring up an important point. I do? Yeah. When you haven't eaten for a while, what happens to you? He gets grouchy. Kind of like now. (laughs) (laughs) That's only normal. The human body needs nourishment. When it doesn't get enough, it becomes worried and starts to make you feel, well, grouchy. Henry is always hungry. (laughs) (laughs) The very same thing happens to your mind when you haven't had enough of the bread of life from God's word. Your mind gets hungry. You start feeling more worried than you need to be, more fearful of things, more angry at how the world is treating you. Perhaps you know people like that. They're just mad all the time. What they need is the bread of life straight from the Bible. They need some beautiful promises to make them feel better or a word or two of encouragement from the lips of Jesus himself to let them know that they're not alone. That's what you find in the Bible. Words that fill you up with joy. That's why we're here. Okay, okay. Bread of life. Got it. Then can we have pizza? (laughs) (laughs) I think there's some food in the refrigerator left over from Sabbath potluck. Maybe next week I'll have someone bring some sandwiches. Is everybody here grouchy? (laughs) Yes, yes, I'll bring sandwiches, lots of sandwiches. Jesus wants to be our friend. He has placed in our hearts a desire to share our deepest secrets and brightest hopes with him. This program was brought to you by the Children's Ministries Department of the General Conference of Seventh-day Adventists. Hi, boys and girls. This is Ms. Kathy. I'm so happy you've joined me today for another story just for you. Today's story is Chapter 5, Lookout Peak Knock, knock, Willie said to Chris as Chris pushed his bicycle beside Willie's wheelchair. Who's there? Chris responded. John. John who? Chris asked. John the Baptist, Sammy answered, running up behind Chris and dumping his bottle of water over Chris's head. Why you? Chris said, spluttering. The girls and Ryan laughed. Chris let go of his bike and ran after Sammy. Within seconds, everyone, including Chris, was laughing. By the time they reached the top of Lookout Peak, Chris was glad the water on his head had cooled him off. It was getting warmer and warmer. He was the first up the hill and the first to find a cold drinking fountain. Ryan went to sit on the lawn area overlooking Mill Valley and motioned for Chris to join him. In a minute, Chris said, and wandered over to where Sammy and Willie were getting a drink at the fountain. Sammy looked up from the fountain and grinned. He scooped up a handful of water and threw it at Chris. John the Baptist, he said, laughing. Enough. Guys, I want to ask you something serious. Ooh, he wants to get serious. That's different, Willie said. Tell me what it's like to get baptized, Chris asked. What's there to tell, Willie asked. You hold on to the pastor's arm and he dunks you under the water. No problem, unless you're afraid of water. I mean, Chris said, how do you feel inside? Like I said yesterday, I wanted to be baptized and be a part of the church, Sammy said. I guess being baptized means different things to different people. Sammy's right, Willie said. I don't think I understood all about it when it happened, but when I think about it now, I feel good inside. Hey, water baby, over here, Ryan shouted to Chris. Don't listen to him, Chris, Sammy said. He doesn't know anything. 
Just figure it out for yourself, Chris, Willie said. It's just between you and Jesus. Chris looked at Willie and Sammy, then over at Ryan. He looked as if he were trying to make up his mind. Finally, he left Willie and Sammy to join Ryan. Cars began arriving a few minutes later. Mrs. Vargas soon chugged up the hill in her car, too. Come on, Chris, Ryan, Maria, she shouted. I have lunch for you. Chris bolted through his peanut butter and jelly sandwich and apple so quickly he barely tasted it. Within a few minutes, he was standing on the concrete lookout behind the fence. Maria joined him in a few minutes, dropping a quarter into a slot by a telescope. They took turns using the machine to look all over Mill Valley. There's our house, Maria cried, and let Chris look through the telescope to see their house far below them. We're supposed to be finding the two crows, Ryan said. Well, I looked up and down the river. I didn't see anything that looked like two crows, or even one crow. Well, that's the end of our treasure hunt, Jenny said. Here, you guys, did you see this, Willie said behind them? Chris and the others turned to see Willie looking at a series of photographs displayed on the wall behind them. What? They're just pictures, Ryan said. Look, Willie said, remember what Mrs. Shue said about geography changing? The Mill Valley Flood of 1911, Chris read. Funny, I don't remember that, Sammy said. Probably because it happened before your grandfather was born, Willie said. But I don't think a flood could move boulders or a hill, could it, Ryan asked. Maybe not, but it could move a river. Willie pointed to a photo that showed Mill Valley. The white line shows where the river flows today through the west part of town. This dotted line shows where it flowed before 1911, through the east part of town. Look at that, Maria breathed. The flood was caused by a landslide just below us. That made the river change its route. And flooded out hundreds of people in the meantime, Willie said. We've been looking on the wrong side of town, Chris said excitedly. Without saying another word, seven heads turned toward Mill Valley. The map showed them a wide brown stretch to the east of town that was the riverbed. They looked below them. They expected to find something that looked like an old river. All they saw, stretching from Lookout Peak to the mall where they started, were streets and houses. Nothing, Chris muttered to himself as he helped his mother load his bicycle into the trunk of the car a little later. All our miles, all our looking for nothing. He pulled the door to the back seat open and threw himself down on the seat. Well, Mrs. Vargas said, there's always serendipity. Sarah, who, Ryan asked. Mrs. Vargas laughed. Serendipity. It means good things happen to you when you don't expect them. Kind of like getting a blessing from God that you didn't ask for, Maria asked. Something like that, Mrs. Vargas said. You know, so many good things happen to us every day. Most people don't take time to be grateful for them. Good things, Ryan asked. Like what? Like the weather, for instance, Mrs. Vargas said. What would have happened if it was still raining today? Did you think to ask God for good weather? Did you thank him for it? The three kids were silent for a long moment. Some things just happen, Ryan said finally. And some things don't, Mrs. Vargas said. Like I said, serendipity. As they headed toward home, Chris's mind tumbled. Everyone else seemed so sure of themselves. Sammy and Willie are sure that baptism is a good thing. Ryan is sure that it's dumb. I'm not sure of anything. I pray, but Jesus doesn't really feel like my friend. How can I stand up and be baptized when there are so many things I don't understand? The treasure in Mill Valley would have to wait. His baptism would wait, too. The story you have 
heard today is a chapter of the Shoebox Kids, Book One, The Mysterious Treasure Map. It was written by Jerry D. Thomas and used with permission from the Pacific Press Publishing Association. If you're interested in any other books published by the Seventh-day Adventist Church, please visit AdventistBookCenter.com or call 1-800-765-6955. This podcast is a production of the Carolina Conference of the Seventh-day Adventist Church. Let the children come. Don't dare drive them away. And then the kingdom comes. Hear the holy foolish things they say. The springtime of their life decides the adults they'll become. So let the children come. Please let the children come. Children's Bible Journey was brought to you by 3ABN Australia Radio and is a production of Lifetalk Radio at lifetalk.net.